Hello there, boys and girls, and welcome to The Root of All Podcast, your place to go for finding the two listen-to podcasts for the rest of 2019 and straight into 2020. I'm your host, well, one of them, Miles Newverth. And I'm Devin Newverth. <laughs> still, like- still <laughs> Devin Newverth over here. Do you like my, um, the new flavor I'm bringing to that intro? Do you like that? Oh, it was fantastic, brother. Excellent. Excellent. I'm very excited. Uh, it's been a little bit since we've we've put out put out some podcast, but I'm um, hoping everyone at home enjoyed the holiday season. Yeah, hopefully everyone had a great American Thanksgiving. Yes. And uh, we're, we're rolling straight through the rest of the holidays this year, which and obviously the the warm, bright, cheery holidays, you know, the family, the giving, these are all things that definitely went into consideration when we chose this week's theme, which is, oh, yeah. of course, virtual reality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> nothing says time with the family like the number one way to get away from your family. VR can be a way to bring people together. Uh, I would oh, yeah. love for for you guys all to come out, out in New York my way because... We currently have a two to six person virtual escape room that I would love for you guys to try out. Oh, that sounds so fun. It's rad. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, so we're doing virtual reality, folks. Uh, we've we've picked some some stuff. I don't know if it's come up in the past, but I'm a huge VR nerd. I think you've mentioned that you do streaming for your, your virtual reality yes. thing before in the past. Yes. So... You definitely have some experience with virtual reality, that's for sure. Yeah, so uh, that should be fun to, to bring to the table. Oh, yeah. So what uh, what did you end up listening to this week, brother? Um, I listened to a podcast, if you can imagine that. Whoa. I, I kind of cheated, and I listened to three episodes of a podcast because it was a series. Um, it was uh, from American Innovations. American is, Innovations. Yes, which is a part of the Wondery Network. Um, it is hosted by Stephen Johnson, who is a best-selling author. Uh, does a lot of tech writing and stuff like that. Cool. But it's very, uh, it's a very cool. Uh, this series in particular is very cool, and uh, he does kind of goes through the history of VR, virtual reality, um, especially with like you know, computerized, like, virtual reality video games and how we've gotten to there Yeah. from, from like, computers being invented, basically, to there. Um, but he does it in a very cool way. It's, it's very much more like him telling a story of how it happened versus just dry uh, facts of history. That's fair. That, that does but, sound really interesting to me. Yeah, um, he uh, he does a lot of little dramatizations of conversations between uh, influential people. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he does research of like who got together on a project, and obviously, like they don't have a transcript of every conversation or every phone call or whatever that these people made. But he, you know, he rather than just being like, at some point, this famous person called this famous person. And they decided to work together. Like, he does a little dramatization. So it's it's uh, a lot easier on the ears. There's a nice little soundtrack that's done. Um, it's definitely, as far as audio quality goes, very, very nice. 
it covers a lot because it's a, the the nice thing is that he does the whole podcast is like mini series yeah where he'll cover a topic like completely and so this particular series was three episodes some of them are a little longer than that even if it's a bigger more in-depth topic sure the i have the description of the the podcast that they wrote for themselves let me go over that little paragraph here quick just to give an idea of the whole podcast okay it just says american innovations dna science artificial intelligence smartphones and 3d printers science and technology have transformed the world we live in but how did we get here it wasn't by accident well sometimes it was (laughs) <laughs> it was also the result of hard work, teamwork, and competition, and incredibly surprising moments. And so that's kind of what he goes over, is to just like how he mentions uh, briefly at the beginning of the first episode, um, like painted panoramas from two thousand over 2,000 years ago. He mentions Viewmasters and how they use uh, that uh, stereoscopic images yeah. <clears throat> to make a, a picture look 3D. But that's not, uh, you know, a computer-generated image doing that live while you... And then then he kind of gets into the birth of VR, which leads me to kind of the first thing that jumped out at me, um, was that uh, virtual reality, like computer-generated virtual reality, actually existed before a computer mouse did. Which is delightful. Which is awesome. The... It was, uh, the whole unit was called the Sword of Damocles. Man, nerds really knew how to do it back then, you know? <laughs> like... Um, it, it, it comes from mythology, um, and basically because, uh, in, this was in the late 60s. So, computers, you know, took up a whole room, if not rooms. That reminds me of a point that I was, I've been thinking about a lot lately. hmm Like, it, because computers were these giant unwieldy things right yeah um and so there's this there's this group of the tech world who call virtual reality a gimmick or say vr's dead before it even started and like i just can't help but remembering the people who were certain no one would ever need a personal computer or people who thought why would you need to carry your phone with you or people who thought man a touchscreen phone that's ridiculous like People who think VR is not going to be the future of not just uh, gaming, but also huge amounts of the tech world, sound like they're going to clown college. It's like, uh, it's it's crazy. It's actually, it's funny that you say that. Um, so, the, one of the big, uh, so I'm talking about my podcast, I'm not going to get into a lot of the names in history, mostly because I can't remember them. Right. But one of the one of the big minds behind virtual reality and, and getting there and thinking that it was something that needed to be worked on actually uh, was one of the first people that talked about, like, having a personal computer, like a portable personal computer. And he was at working at Xerox at the time, which uh, Xerox is where a lot of computer innovations came from, but the they didn't release the products. They like would they like sat around and had these ideas, but they wouldn't implement the ideas as a product from Xerox. Like a lot of stuff from the original Apple Macintosh computer came from Xerox. But hmm. so when he was at Xerox and he, had like a box mock-up 
that he thought was the right size and weight of what a portable personal computer should be. And he had it full of lead balls to simulate the weight because it wasn't like there was yeah. no computer that size and weight. Um, was he thinking like briefcase? I, I, I'm not <clears throat> sure. Um, I it, it didn't get into that specifically. All right. But he like they laughed at him. <laughs> they, they like uh they because it was you know big and bulky and heavy they just laughed at him and you know now they're it, <laughs> the, the guess phone, who was right the phone that i can literally juggle could run circles around the whatever we had growing up that ran windows 95 mm-hmm. like <laughs> Not only do we have personal computers, we have personal computers in our pocket. You have two of them in front of you right now. But you have three, including the laptop. Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy. The steps that have been made and the number of people that were like, ha, that's ridiculous. Why would you ever do that? Um, and that's kind of the the first episode. So he does, like I said, he does three episodes in the series. Um, the first episode talks about... The first, that first VR, the Sword of Damocles, which is this giant unit. The headset is so heavy that they had to have it connected to the ceiling. It came down off of the ceiling over your head and just looked imposing and dangerous. And that's why they call it the Sword of Damocles. It had nothing to do with like a program. It wasn't like a game or the, like, that's what the hardware was called, was the Sword of Damocles. If I ever Um, make a video game console, I'm not. Why would I ever do that? Um, I would name it the Sword of Damocles. That'd be pretty cool. If I made a VR headset, I might call it that just, like, as a reference to, like, you know, those yeah. who came before. <laughs> but it was very cool uh, that, like, that concept has been around. It wasn't it wasn't anything like I've, what we have I now. I have questions about it. Yeah. Like, so it's a headset you put on, and so it's doing a just a computer-generated it, stereoscopic uh, image of a cube? That's what he had described. I'm not sure exactly okay. what it was all capable of. I don't know what kind of... Like, if there's any kind of tracking of yeah, any movement, I don't know. <clears throat> that's I have no thought. idea. The thing I'm... The, all right, if I could get a piece, uh, my hands on a piece of old tech, and presumably I could actually get my hands on this, but the thing I'm most curious about, like, how it functioned, like, what it actually did, and how it worked, the Virtual Boy. Does he talk about the Virtual Boy? Yes, he does later. Okay, um, cool. We'll I'll, get there. You're way, then, yeah. you're way ahead. Uh, <laughs> virtual Boy is, like, three decades from now. All right, um, two eighties, isn't it? Uh, like late eighties. Okay, okay, so two um, and a half. All right. Anyways, <laughs> and it's like the Virtual Boy is not even real VR. Um, that's fair. I, I mean, it's actually almost probably at the level that sort of Damascus, uh, sort of Damocles was, but you know, three decades, uh, two decades later, and significantly smaller. Well, yeah, but still, there's. Of way cooler stuff that we'll talk about right now. Awesome. So, uh, talks about uh, seeing that the we we uh, for this first episode we follow Alan K. That's spelled K A Y. That's pretty much the only name I remember from that episode. Listen, um, if you you can't mispronounce names if you don't remember them. That's true. So Alan K. The uh, went to Utah and. Like I said, uh, was given access to to see the sort of Damocles and was kind of just fascinated by it. And then the mouse is invented, um, and the mouse was presented at uh, this huge conference at like 
what has been described as like the mother of all presentations or something like that. It Because the things that they were doing at that presentation changed how people thought of computers in such a insane way that it, it was it was like a transformative presentation because until the computers used to be basically giant calculators that you had to like use like punch cards and weird tape and stuff to access and yeah. then uh and then they invented an actual graphic interface which allowed you to like use a keyboard and type into the computer and see the results instantly which was crazy but the idea of the mouse where you're able to actually like reach into the computer and manipulate things by hand was just paradigm shifting so it was very very cool and so he was captivated by that because that gives you a way to move around in a virtual environment and control things in a virtual environment and so that's what Alan K- Alan Kay saw in that presentation was kind of like a he didn't see a computer mouse that you can point and click documents with. He saw a controller for a virtual reality headset. That's what he saw when he saw the the the, the computer mouse. Um, so he uh, ends up going to work for Xerox, and there's more to that story, but you should listen to the podcast if you want to hear it. He goes to work at Xerox. He Xerox, like I said, has a lot of does has a lot of stuff. Uh, that they innovate that is they don't actually release products they're uh, do they just I, like I, I, get I, patents or what like what I, I'm, I'm honestly I don't know but uh, but Alan Kay specifically was getting very frustrated because he wanted to be working on computers and virtual reality things that people would be able to actually put their hands on and use right around when he was working at Xerox uh, Atari started up and they started making arcade machines they did very well because people were just pumping quarters into Pong. Yeah. So Kay got very frustrated and ended up leaving Xerox. And so here's where I really do. I empathize deeply. The first episode and the, and the, and the second episode and the third episode are going to kind of get jumbled together here as I talk about them. So I'm definitely kind of just picking out the little bits that kind of stuck out to me. And at one point, I believe it's K. Sure. But uh, he goes and he gets hired by Atari, which is huge at this at the time, because they just keep coming out with just yeah. home run after home run products that they're releasing and just everyone wants. And they they hire K, and he is trying to make virtual reality happen for like an arcade game, and went to I don't remember if it was MIT or UNC. It was one of the two. Actually, I think it was UNC. He went to UNC and saw that they had uh, like act, like pretty good virtual reality. It was designed off of a uh, the images were designed off of this town. Uh, it was it was designed to kind of be like this little just like info touristy little experience. Okay, but it actually had head tracking where you're. Uh, they took basically they actually took pictures every ten feet in this actual town, and it was the perfect place to do it because it was this town that was set up in it was a tiny town that was set up in this perfect grid system which is very easy for computers to map because it's a it's all perfect squares or as close as people can get to perfect squares okay yeah that makes sense so it was able to they took pictures every 10 feet and loaded that in and had the stereoscopic you know imaging and stuff 
and there there was the head tracking there, but there was they had latency issues mm-hmm. because of computers are slow and it's hard. Um, and so if you move your head, the the computer was having problems keeping up with you. And so something like less than ten percent of people were getting sick from uh, when they when they use VR of that style, where if you move your head too fast, you get nauseous and messes issues. with your inner yep. ear. Yeah. They, they actually had a name for it. Um, simulation sickness? Simulation sickness. That's it. That's what it's called. Simulation sickness. Uh, so he he tried to basically buy the lab. He tried. He was like, "This is. I want to start from here and build that into an arcade game. And the professor was like, uh, can't, can't do that. It's the universities. And we can't just sell you stuff from it. <laughs> Um, but I so he kind of, he took mm. a, he took a page from, from his mentor at Xerox, uh, realized that he didn't need to have all of that equipment. He could, they could buy and build new equipment. He just needed the people that built it. So he hired all, like all the best students from, from there Yes. to work for him to build VR. And they made a big VR uh, you know, experience and selling them to a lot of different companies. And then he got a call from Steven Spielberg and uh, he said, uh, can you can you bring it out here to California? We want to try it out. OK. And he was like, we, we don't. It's a room like we can't <laughs> if I if, if I could just bring it on an airplane, I'd be right over there. But like, can you come see it? And they were like, uh, no, we like we uh, they they wanted to show it to like a big executive at Universal Studios, and he was like, he's not gonna fly out there to play your little computer game. If you want to bring it to him, you could make a lot of money, but like he's not gonna fly out to you. It's a room, my <laughs> <Yeah>. dude. <laughs> uh, so uh. they went about recreating a new prototype that went inside a semi truck bed. Yes. Uh, so it was mobile. I love Drove this. it out to California. Ugh. And uh, literally, like, set it up outside of Universal Studios California. This is kind of my dream. Like, like building, <laughs> like, a... Just, like, gutting a school bus. Building, like, into it a crazy immersive VR game and driving it around the country. Like, I could be a VR, VR entertainment gypsy. I don't think Ame would approve, <laughs> but I could do it. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, about and gypsy's that. not a great word. I apologize. Bad habits. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, bad mother. My, my my apologies to the audience. I I'm working. I'm working on it. I'm trying to be better. Okay. All right. The oh, so they uh, Steven Spielberg came down. The executive came down. Um, and notice how I was comfortable saying Steven Spielberg's name because that is a name that I know. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I remember that one. Both memorable and pronounceable. Oh, yeah. So uh, he brought the executive down, and he the executive didn't even want to play the thing. He, he was like, I don't have time for that. Here's what I need to know. Are people going to throw up? And he's like kind of concerned because that is an issue with simulation sickness where like a small percentage of people struggle with the latency. And so he explains that. He's like, oh. I don't care about I don't care about fixing it. I want people to throw up. I want there to be headlines that the janitor quit from cleaning up all the puke. Yes, it becomes like a roller coaster. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> so uh, awesome. That's the the that 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 was what I loved about that little bit there. Uh, just the fact that he was just like, no, no, they should throw up. Like that's how a ride works. <laughs> awesome, man! I can't wait for like VR to become more a part of theme parks. Yeah, the thing with VR becoming a part of theme parks is that the headsets, the technology needs to get so much cheaper. Yes, 100%. because headsets are way too easy to damage. I'm just saying the, the combination of like the movement of a roller coaster and yeah. like being able to overlay any visuals you want. Cuz right now we've they've done incredible things. Like the Harry yeah. Potter things are super cool and they do it but like they like I do have issues at some points with with simulation sickness in those cuz like there are times when like they're simulating movement with the screens that isn't actually happening and that'll get me at some points. Whereas in VR you could just I don't know. You could just like make it look like you are doing those things actually around you as opposed to screens making it feel like, I don't know. I don't know. I think it could be cool. That's all. Are there any other fun points from your story? So that happens. And then the, I don't remember at what point in the story, VR, uh, VR is used in NASA um, to like control robots. Sick. In space. That's so that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right around the time, it's funny that Steven Spielberg is responsible for that that other part of the story because uh, what killed VR for a long time probably is ET. Why? Not the movie, the game for Atari. Oh, it killed Atari. It yeah. killed Atari. Yeah. It's yeah. And so that's no one rough. else, no one else with deep enough pockets had interest in in funding it in that type of way and. Computers that could do that kind of thing were expensive enough that you needed a, in a real like literally the computers that they were like showcasing for Steven Spielberg and stuff, and for universities and stuff like that, were, uh, I want to say they were like five hundred thousand or like a million dollars a piece. It was Jeez. ridiculous. I mean, they were not cheap machines. No. Then, uh, then he talks briefly about how you had like those cheap, uh, really bad VR machines that were like malls, where it was like the, and those were awful. And then he talked about the uh, Virtual Boy, which was not really VR. No, what was it? Was it? Just, <clears throat> it was just a stereoscopic viewer for your game. Like it, okay. it didn't. It had no head tracking at all. That um, makes sense. It's just a. It's just goggles that you wore to play the game. But made it three D. It was stereoscopic, so yeah, it would made it three D ish. But it was, uh, you know, it was vector. it was it was yeah, vector and dumb and. Okay, um, so stereoscopic. Define yeah. this for me. That's where you have the two different uh, two pictures with slightly different angles, so it looks three D. Okay, I mean, so that's just how you get three D. Okay. Yeah, that's um, but that's yeah, that's the idea behind making an image look three D. It's but it's it has nothing to do with computers. It has to do with just the like, like I said how you, your brain works. You were uh the like I said the viewmaster, that little thing that you played with as a kid that you used yeah. to get in your stocking. That was stereoscopic pictures. I don't remember it being in three dimensions. I really got to get my hands on one of these things. I mean, it's the issue is there's no movement and you can't go around the back side of a thing. It just no, it's I like know. it's three D in the same way that like a it's three D in the same in a similar way that like 
the 3DS is 3D or like 3DS early 3D TVs were 3D. You it just you get the picture from two angles and it's yeah. like just looks things look like sticky outy a little bit. That's yeah. it's not like you could see the back of a thing. It just yeah. things look uh, slightly more yeah. Um it's it's very cool, but the thing that makes it cool for VR is that you have that effect and then you can literally turn around and look in every direction and go and behind the thing. Space, yeah. Yeah. And so that's uh it's it's only a part of a VR. Yeah. Um and then he jumps ahead to someone whose last name is Lucky who invented the Oculus Rift. Okay. He uh was obsessed with VR and bought up it. like every virtual reality old thing that he could get his hands on like old stuff from NASA and stuff, like anything he could get his hands on he would buy and take apart to see how it worked um and he invented a thing and I'm really curious as to how I know exactly how Steam did their early room scale tracking. Yeah, I'm super curious as to how Oculus first did it. The he didn't really get into the 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 nitty gritty tech stuff. Sure, which is nice if you're not like a super tech minded person. Sure, it's it's more uh, accessible. The so what he what he talks about with the Rift is that he had pulled apart all these VR headsets, these old VR headsets, just to see how they worked. And kind of what was wrong with them and why they didn't work for a consumer thing. Yeah. And basically found that the computers weren't fast enough, which mm-hmm. now they are. Mm-hmm. Um, he found that the headsets were too heavy. And a lot of that was because of the way that... So the, the way that you create VR is with the two small stereoscopic images, right? Yeah. Which we just talked about is just two images that are taken from a different angle. Yeah. And um, because of that, though, you have field of view issues. If you just put those close to your face, you can see the edge of them and it ruins the effect. Yeah. So in order to fix that so that it took up more of your viewing area, they have the magnified lens. Yeah. But the problem is that that magnified lens distorts Distorts the the image. So you have to have more lenses to undistort the image. Um, and they were big, giant glass lenses that were heavy. And so they switched to a plastic lens, which was much better mm-hmm. at at not distorting. But so he, he solved those three problems with the Oculus Rift and uh, just kind of had that thing and was going to launch it on Kickstarter. I think it was Kickstarter. Yeah. But one of the, I don't remember if it was Alan Kay or if it was someone else big in VR, got a hold of him and uh, was, wanted to buy a prototype from him just to check it out because he had heard good things and was curious. And because he had been researching, you know, VR for his entire life, basically, he knew exactly who had just emailed him mm-hmm. and uh, basically said, like, I, I'd be too anxious to sell you one, but I would love to hear your input. Why don't I just borrow you one? So he borrowed him one, and he thought it was just really something special. But he took the prototype that he had been borrowed and messed with it. <laughs> he was like, this is very good. But um, he changed 
one of the head tracking sensors, he changed the head tracking sensor out to a lower latency sensor and got like special firmware, said it was checking that sensor like three times as often. And uh, then also realized that the lenses were working, were much lighter, but you still had a slightly distorted image. And so he uh, figured out that he could just have the computer distort the image itself. And then through the lens, you would get an undistorted image. So, and that's where if you ever, like if you have VR that like gear VR or something like that, and you hook it up and tell it to do VR and then actually look at it, not through the lens, you, the picture doesn't just look smaller and cut in half. It actually is like weird shaped. Yeah. And that's because <laughs> it's taken the lenses into account, which is super cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but so it's uh, so he just did that and then contacted uh, Lucky again, and Lucky was like, "Great, thanks, <laughs> cool, thanks for fixing that. That's super cool." Like he just like took a prototype and tinkered with it, and uh, my uh, feedback uh, is, I made it better. <laughs> yeah, rad. It was cool. it was pretty cool. Here, Good feedback. Now it's better. <laughs> and then. They uh they launched on Kickstarter, uh with uh a goal. They had talked to people and people were trying to talk him into having a goal of five hundred thousand dollars. And he was like, I don't know, man. That uh, this is just like a goofy thing for VR nerds. Like I don't think that we'd be able to raise that much money. But they kept pushing him, and so he uh he ended up uh making his goal two hundred fifty thousand. And they met that goal in two hours. <laughs> um they eventually ended up releasing the the dev kits and to mix reviews just because they were dev kits and there wasn't a lot of software for them at that time yeah it was a cool thing and there was only 300 dollars, but you had to have a two thousand dollar computer at the time to actually run the thing yeah and there was no software for it hardly um other than you know some demo stuff there was no real software for it and so they, he ended up having a meeting with Mr. Facebook. The Zuck. Yeah. And uh, just to try to get him to invest. And he tried it and wanted and decided that he wanted to buy the company instead, which happened, it. which, and, and which, uh, you know, we live in the future of then. So we yeah. know that they did buy it. Um, but he, he saw the Oculus as a way of, Connecting people like Facebook does, but even on a on a higher level than Facebook does. I think it will be when it's more affordable. It's the yeah, it's too expensive right now. If so you honestly, get... we I think we've made the first real step into putting uh, into putting VR in every home. Um, and I'll talk about that once it's my turn. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. sounds good. Um, that's pretty much where my where no actually my story does talk about how. Uh, Lucky ended up leaving Facebook because of racism. What? Uh, because well, he had given money to alt-right organizations, I guess. Oh, so he and was then, racist. And then handled that wrong by first denying it, and then apologizing, and then just kind of disappearing. Sure. So that's how that tale kind of ends. Um, I, I don't feel too bad about giving away the ending just because there's a lot of story that I didn't cover. Yeah. And that's not I, really... Like, everyone knows what's happening with VR now, for the most part. 
Um, so you should get going with your podcast. Let me just give my contact information really quickly. Okay. All right. Like I said, uh, it is American Innovations. Um, it is from the Wondery Network. Um, I could not find a, po- a, uh, a Twitter for the actual podcast, but he has a personal Twitter. The host does. Stephen, it's at Stephen B. Johnson. And uh, you can also find the podcast at Wondery.com and all the information about it there. So why don't you go ahead and tell us about your podcast, brother, now that I've taken up all of our time. All of the time. Um, you're going to have to edit this out because I'm going to get more coffee really quick. Okay. All right. Great. All right. So now it's your turn. Delightful. So your your story basically went up until basically right where modern VR starts to take form. My podcast is actually entirely about VR. It's called F Reality. And it talks about like weekly VR, AR, and MR news, which is virtual reality, augmented reality, and mixed reality. Very cool. What's the difference between augmented reality and mixed reality? <sighs> yeah, I've tried to figure this out, but I haven't been able to get my hands on one. Um, I think I've I I've think... tried augmented reality with the Microsoft yeah. Hololens. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time in virtual reality. I like. I, I couldn't tell you what a what the Windows Mixed Reality headsets do. And I haven't gotten to an episode in the podcast where they actually mention that. Um, <laughs> so it's it just one of those things where I've heard both terms and I, I didn't know if it was a... It, to me, it sounds kind of like all-wheel drive versus four-wheel drive. Right. Where, like, people know there's a difference, um, but it's really hard to get someone to nail down the difference because yeah. vehicles have four wheels. That's how many wheels there are. Yeah. So if it's all wheels, that means four wheels are driving. From the way I've seen people with these headsets talk about it, it seems closer to a VR headset than an AR headset. Okay. Because well, the, the tech, the tech for VR headsets is a lot further along than the tech for augmented reality headsets currently. Yeah. Well, it's tricky. Augmented reality is hard. I think we're gonna get there pretty quick now that we have things that you that can do like room tracking without sensors. I think things like the yeah. Quest are gonna make augmented reality go a lot quicker also the, like sorry the thing with augmented reality for me is that you have to be in a much more controlled space like you have to be in much more control of your environment of like what you can interact with augmented wise um i feel like augmented reality could be really cool in a uh like in a theme park type setting that's my dream. Where you're in complete control of the of the situation. You can literally have everything all mapped out and in... Like, uh, I, I've seen a uh, an augmented reality headset type device that, like, uses a retro-reflector mat. <clears throat> so you're able to see things on this mat like they're in three dimensions, which is very cool. But you have to have a big special mat. You can't just, like, set it up and, like see a thing on your table or like you know pick up a thing that's not there like it's you have to have a very specific surface to you see i've seen ar work very well without that so i've tried the hololens but when i was trying it uh basically i was in this room it was just a regular type room Mm -hmm. um but uh they loaded up a program and there was suddenly a map of our solar system like like orbiting in front of me in the room um, that i could like physically walk around and see uh it was very very cool cool. unfortunately for the first hololens it was a small square of like where i can actually see this oh so like 
if I'm back far enough and I see the whole solar system within that, whatever the square is a quarter of my field of vision in front of me, uh, it's a cool effect. But when I go closer and it cuts off, which I understand there are a lot of reasons for that, um, but it ruins the effect. And I've heard the HoloLens 2 has a much larger field of view, which I would be very excited to see. What I want is augmented reality like go-kart tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want people to be able to like go kart down a track and like everyone could have a different overlay if they wanted to. You could pick one like, oh, I'm going to do this track as the jungle or I'm going to do this track as uh, inside of a volcano. I feel like moving at the speeds that a go kart moves, that would require your a lot of processing from a computer to to track and refresh at that rate of movement. I feel like would be really we would need a lot of processing. That's fair. Um, you could... So the HoloLens Plus is that's an entirely a... standalone device. If you had yeah. something like that hooked up to a computer, I think you could do it. And you could build the computers into the into the go-karts. Yeah. Just have it like a, like back behind the seat, have a wire connecting you to your cable. Have someone come around, take off the headset when you get out. And that's now. Like in yeah. three years, potentially, we could we could do this without the thing. Like having having experienced like PCless VR that I'm not disappointed with for the first time in my life. Um, <laughs> like the sky's the limit at this point. Yeah. Um, but enough about AR. We're talking about virtual reality today. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So F reality. I haven't talked about my podcast at all. Uh, <laughs> it, it is so the the, the yeah. ways you can consume this podcast will tell you a little bit about who I think the algorithm will recommend this for. But first of all, they broadcast it on like YouTube and Facebook while they're recording. Like they Very live cool. stream it there. You can get it on your your pod chaser of choice, um, whatever it is, whatever it's called, pod catcher of choice. Yeah. But you can also watch the live showing in rooms in VR. Like they broadcast it to a program called Big Screen VR. Um, and if you watch it there, you can join in rooms with other people who are watching um it has rooms of up to eight people and you're just in a movie theater together um and you can like chat and hang out while you're watching this podcast live um which i think is very cool yeah our hosts are rowdy guy rowdy guy is is his name um nathy uh mike from virtual reality oasis and zim talk five that's all their christian names obviously yes well (laughs) and they they're delightful like they each of them has like certain segments they'll do they'll talk about new vr releases that week they'll talk about the news um like if one of them ends up going to an event they'll talk about that uh i listened to two episodes which is is huge for me way to go never never before um never before uh I'll talk about the most recent one. No, I'm going to talk about the one two episodes ago. On November 24th, they episode 116. Their episode names just kind of list things they're going to talk about. So this one's yeah. called Half-Life Alex Announced, Oculus Link in Beta, and Star Wars VR Launches. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they do just end up talking a lot about like specific news and like what they think that means for the future of VR. Like These people are all very, very passionate about it. And yeah. I think that's why I've I've started to love this podcast. It's <laughs> rare for me to run into someone who feels about VR the way that I do. Like people come into my place of work because I work at the virtual reality arcade and ask me questions and I will just start outpouring virtual reality knowledge on these people. And like more than half the time I can see them being like, okay, cool, cool, bye. Like, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> the the poor parents who bring their kids in, like their kids are on the machine and their dad absentmindedly asks a question and he's yeah. stuck with me. So like, <laughs> I just start going off. But like, so in this one, they talk about like, so much of this podcast doesn't make sense without context. Um, <laughs> uh, PC gaming was changed forever when Valve, back when Valve was a software company and yeah. they released a game called Half-Life 2. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Half-Life 2, brother? Didn't uh, it come in the orange box? Uh, yes, yes, it did. Yeah. So we got more use out of Portal from the orange box. Oh, yeah, I love but Portal. But Portal was possible because of the physics engine they made for Half-Life 2. Oh, yeah. Half-Life 2 upped the game on, like, the idea of a physics engine in PC gaming in a way that, like, things hadn't before. Mm-hmm. Um, so Half-Life changed PC gaming forever. And people have been looking for Half-Life 3 for so long. What I don't understand is... People have watched Steam be, like, one of the main proponents of the Vive. They've watched Mm -hmm. them develop their own headset. They've watched them be, like, the main market for VR games. So when Valve finally decided to make a new Half-Life game, Mm -hmm. and it's in VR, (laughs) like, how are people shocked? Like, like Like, last time they touched games... Like, then this isn't true, but, like, they pushed the medium for... It's like, it's like people were baffled by George Lucas um, using 3D, like, computer effects in the prequels. Like, of course he did. Like, the thing George did with the original trilogy was take the technology they had for movies and push it as far as he possibly could. So when he started making another series of movies, he took the current technology, which was CGI, and pushed it as far as he possibly could. Like, you can argue about the results, but, like, of course that's what he did. It's what he wanted to do. So, when, like, when Valve got back into it, they're going to take what they see as the future of gaming, and they're going to push it as far as they possibly can. I Um, don't know that you necessarily want to compare that to the prequel trilogies, brother. Listen, I'm, I'm just saying, like... Of course they're going to innovate. Of course they were going to do VR. They've been playing no, no, VR I for agree so with long. No, I, yeah. I, I agree with that 100%. Um, that makes sense. Especially, well, they have put a bunch of money into VR, and they know that the internet has been waiting for half... The, one of the biggest years. memes on the internet is when Half-Life is Half-Life 3 confirmed. coming. Yeah, Half-Life 3 confirmed. Yeah. What I'm excited for is they released Alex. They've talked about, like, the new engine they built for it. They've mm-hmm. been saying, we will have this engine available for people to, like, make Half-Life levels and mods and such. But they also said they're making three VR games. And if they're going off of their most beloved intellectual properties, we may be seeing a Left for Dead VR <laughs> and Portal VR, which I would be very excited for. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they do Portal VR at all. They they had a demo that they made that was like in the Portal universe. Uh, Aperture the Lab. It yeah, was yeah, yeah. The first program I ever played because it's free. Yeah, it's a great, beautiful program. A whole bunch of beautiful tech demos of how VR can be used, and it's entirely free. Like, yeah, they've been like one, the one, the one step. I'm just, it's just Miles's VR opinions at this point. The one step <laughs> that I'm irritated about with with Valve is. Yeah. Like they've they seem to have done all this work to make VR more accessible, mm-hmm. um, and then when they develop their own headset, they make it the most like not the most, but one of the most expensive consumer headsets on the market. Like the last thing, like yes, you've done a beautiful job. This headset's incredible. The controllers look amazing. Like I want a set of these controllers, mm-hmm. which I can use with my current headset, which is nice. But like, 
but we didn't need a more expensive VR headset. It's why Oculus yeah. is going to win this war. Yeah, it's the the there are there are a lot of uh high end headsets. The yeah. the race needs to be to the bottom pricing wise. That is a, a good experience as as cheap as possible. Um, it doesn't even you. have to be the best experience. It just has to be a good, usable experience as It has to be real VR, which I yes. don't count cell phone VR as real VR. No, it, um, it has to be like room track, like space tracking VR. Like not, you need six degrees of motion, not three mm-hmm. uh, in order to be, uh, what, it, what in order to be able to do what VR needs to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Sony's VR is good just because it, is, because it runs on the console, which no, is the yeah, cheapest 100%. computer that you can run VR on. I It's my least favorite <laughs> headset that I will still call real VR. It's real VR. Yeah. I'm going to tell you why the Oculus Quest is going to win the war. Go the ahead. Oculus Quest is a a good standalone PC-less headset. It's 300 and change, maybe $400, which is expensive, but you don't also need a $800 computer to run it. Yeah, um, that's awesome. And... It is not PC quality VR, but it's good. It runs a lot of the best programs that VR has, the most popular programs VR has well. Um, So it gives you a good standalone experience that if you're just getting into VR, it's a great way to do it. But the reason it's brilliant is because they just released Oculus Link. So say I get a quest for my standalone VR. I -hmm. love it. I'm having an incredible time. And I'm thinking about trying PC VR, but I don't want to get a PC and a new headset. I can attach my Quest to my computer and it works as a PC quality VR headset with nice. almost no noticeable difference from Oculus's actual PC VR headset. Huh. Yes. That's very cool. It's brilliant. So once... How does it hook up to the... So it doesn't hook up to a computer. How it does will. it do room sensing? Can't... So this this is the new tech. My thing is it irritates me because it is a more convenient technology and it is the future of VR. It's just less precise than uh. the so the Vive that I have, the original Vive, uses mm-hmm. uh, two lighthouses to track a whole room. And it has yeah. just incredible room tracking and I love it very much. Um, the Oculus had its two little sensors, which were good for like forward facing VR, but mm-hmm. not great for room scale. Yeah. The Oculus S uses its external cameras. You you set your guardian boundaries and it uses the cameras to track the area around you and it does room tracking that way. Okay. Which is very reminiscent of the I think it's the Vives, but one of Valve's first like room, like room tracking tests. Yeah. What they did was they had a room with a they just put a crap load of QR codes on the walls and floor <laughs> and the headset had cameras that would read the different QR codes and, and know where it was facing because of that. Yeah. So basically it's doing that, but with just the cameras. Yeah. Well, so um, it, it doesn't need a QR code. It's gotten good enough where it can see a, recognize a shape and be like, that shape is there and now it moved or something yeah. like that. It, it marks a spot somehow. Yeah. And my, is able my to. My only issue that, that I have with the quest is because yeah. of the way my arcade uses it. Mm-hmm. We use it for Richie's plank experience. So yeah. we need it to line up exactly with a plank every time. Mm-hmm. And like their room scale tracking is good enough for most VR experiences yeah. where you don't need something in the real world to line up perfectly with your VR. Yeah. But we do. So I need to reset it every time I put someone in the headset. And that is irritating. Whereas like, I wish I could throw like a couple QR code stickers 
on the plank and have it track those automatically. If that was an option, my life would be made. Yeah, that's well. That sounds like a something that could be fixed in software, though. You would think. Um. Well, the issue is it have to be something the game developer made yeah. an option. The guys are Richies, and like yeah. Richies, I like. I doubt they're doing it. Richie's playing experience is great because it shows off the reason VR is so compelling and it does it in a three minute experience. Um, the thing about VR is like the graphics are not as good. Like you mm-hmm. have some games that, that try and get close or like take some shortcuts to get like good looking graphics. Yeah. Richie's is like, this world looks cartoony, but yeah. we're going to bring you up 50 stories in the air and open those doors of the elevator. And you're going to freak out anyway. You're <laughs> going to know the ground is an inch away. You're going to see that this does not look like the real world, actually. And you're still going to be scared to leave the elevator. Because Mm -hmm. what VR can show you is depth. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't need the the incredible high-fidelity graphics because because the tracking in the 3D sell the world to you so well. Yeah. And and that's the thing. When people are watching clips of VR, they don't get it. So when Mm -hmm. someone comes into my arcade and they are doubtful, I put them in Richie's playing experience. And when that elevator door opens and their palms start sweating, (laughs) they are sold. Yeah, honestly, I I haven't been looking into VR in a long in a while because just because the fact that you need a bit you know an expensive computer to run it and like it's some, like I love the idea of of being able to play some of those VR games like honestly like so I have a gym membership right right and I'll go to the gym and I'll go and walk at the gym or whatever and I go to do the little circuit or whatever but. I can tell you that I went to I don't I don't have a VR in my house but I went to a VR place kind of like where you work where mm-hmm. they have like big section it it yours is actually sounds like it's more thought out like this is literally they have a room that they've like cordoned out and they have individual headsets set up throughout the space um, we, we but, do like most of our experiences have like simulators or hardware outside of just the headset that we use because we want to give yeah. like a heightened experience. Yeah. So this is just like straight VR. Yeah. Um, and like doing that for we didn't we had an hour of that where me and Hannah were both playing and I got a much better workout doing that. And I had a lot of fun doing it in that in like half of that hour than I ever have going to the gym. Hit me. What'd you play? It's been a while, brother. Um, you're going to have to help me with some of the names of some of the games. We played a an archery game. Was it in the lab? Like, was it like... No, no. Stick people? Was uh, it Elven Assassin? It was like a castle defender type game, but with era, archery. Might have been Elven Assassin. Um, were, you, were the guys giant orcs? I don't... Maybe? All right. There are like cartoony type orcs, maybe? I don't remember. There are a couple options, but archery yeah. type game. Yeah, uh, which is which is hard for me to play because the archery mechanic, the arrow doesn't always fly straight, mm. and so you're. There are better oh. programs for that. There are some really good archery programs out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in that particular game I struggled a little bit just because yeah. uh, aiming a bow and it didn't always like it would like shoot in an arc. I just made an arc motion with my arm, which is going to make great podcast. Yeah. <laughs> there was a... What was that game where things only move when you move? Super Hot. Yeah, Super Hot. That game was my favorite. Honestly, I Super played that probably the, the most. I played that probably the most. I love that game. It's it's my It's not my favorite VR program. I think it's the killer app of VR. I think it should be more popular than Beat Saber. I think Beat Saber is a great game. 
I just think Super Hot's more innovative. Um, Beat Saber, that's the like weird music one, it's right? A rhythm no, game. it's yeah, a rhythm yeah. game. It's like rhythm game mixed with Fruit Ninja. We describe it as as like Dance Dance Revolution mixed with Fruit Ninja. Yeah, but you just have to say it's a rhythm game. I I played it for the first time. We've had it at the we've had it at the arcade for like five months, mm-hmm. and I finally got to play it last night because it was slow. It's an incredible game, and the thing is, it's a great workout. Yeah. So I get it, and especially like people who like rhythm games, like it's just a way more compelling, like immersive rhythm game, and it feels rad. Um, I just think Super Hot's better because it's more my speed, and I think it's a more innovative idea. It was super cool. Um, we also played um, uh, "Keep Talking and Nobody Dies" or whatever the oh, bomb diffusing game. Explodes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was tricky. Um, yes. The we 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 didn't die one time, but then we did die the other time. Sure. The weird thing is that it's like the the time that we diffused it, I was trying to describe one of the little pictogram things, mm-hmm. and like she. She got it wrong, but somehow we still didn't mess it up. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> I don't really. She she didn't realize what I was trying to describe, but she somehow we still didn't mess it up. It was very weird. Um. The other thing is that it was kind of it, it was almost too easy to cheat there, because at that location they had the VR and then they had the they had an actual screen hook up to it as well. Yeah. So you could see what was happening, and right. you just had to like not do that. As, yeah, because uh, no, otherwise you're the cheating. One. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the purpose that, is that you're not purpose. seeing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but that that was kind of fun to play. Uh, you know, to play a one person game as a two person game. Basically, it was. It's kind of. It's kind of cool to play. Um, to play a game like more, that in VR. I think more people should make like asymmetrical multiplayer in VR because there are a couple games that'll do it where you have mm-hmm. people like playing on the. TV screen with controllers and you have a person in VR. I think VR, like I, f- I think more people should invest in that personally. The other thing is that I really want to play that Star Trek game, the bridge crew game. It's um, probably dead at this point, but I would love if I could get a crew together, I'd love to, to do it. I own it. Yeah. I just don't have friends with it. I doubt that one's on the quest, but probably not. What I'm saying like, is a lot of these cool experiences. Yeah. You could do on quest. And How do you- if you decided to get a computer later, you could then use the quest. So I'm a huge proponent. That's true. I might have to look into it. I'm really glad that we spent like 15 minutes of our podcast, you trying to talk me into getting a VR headset. I need VR friends. <laughs> Anyone who wants to play VR with Miles, hit him up on Twitter. We can, do our, first, play we can VR do our first you. live show uh, in um, uh, VR chat. He our will, first live show. He will gladly, gladly play VR with you. Just hit him up on Twitter. All right, guys. Here's the thing. The podcast I listened to this week was great, but it was news. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, out, like, like, VR, um, sorry, uh, Half-Life Alex is coming out, and it looks awesome. The, uh, what else happened in this particular episode? Um, oh, the Oculus Link, which is the thing that turns the Quest into a PC headset, is in beta right now. By the end of the year, they're going to have, like, a like a oculus branded cable to use um that'll work because right now people are having issues with using off-brand cables to try and mm. use the beta some sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but that's because it's in beta um yeah. vader immortal the third installment was 
thought to be okay by some and disappointing by others. Like it's hard, like it's hard to talk about a news podcast other than saying like, if you have any interest in VR, Mm -hmm. you'll love it. Like if, if me rambling for the last bit of time was interesting in any way, it's like that, but they have more (laughs) access to resources in VR. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I loved this podcast. I'm just not entirely sure how to talk about it. They have a, they, it's a great group of personalities. They riff off of each other very well without getting too carried away on tangents. Unlike some people I know, Miles. Oh, yeah, because I never go off on tangents. <laughs> yeah, honestly, this is... Uh, we, don't be- we don't believe in tangents here at the root of all podcasts. Yeah, but we should probably throw this over to the algorithm. Probably. And uh, I'm getting results right here. Yep. All right. So this is pretty much what I thought it was going to be. Um, as a as a podcast, you can literally watch in VR. This is a podcast for VR enthusiasts. If you're curious about VR, uh, you can check this out. But if you have VR and want to keep up to date with new releases, if you want to just see people who are who are making moves in the industry, um, finding out the general news. This is a podcast for you. Like, check it out. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. We've got uh, American Innovations. Uh, their virtual reality series is recommended for virtual reality enthusiasts uh, and people who are just curious about uh, learning about like the history of computers in general. People who are curious what took VR so long to get here, if it... <laughs> if it existed in the 60s and like it just actually showed up like three years ago what took so long if you want to know what took so long listen to the virtual reality series on uh american innovations i downloaded it while you were talking about it <laughs> like it's, I... It's, it's also recommended for miles Newbirth specifically yeah. it says right yeah. there on the bottom wild so. it's a good algorithm <laughs> yeah it knows, it's it knows very precise things yeah, um, thank you guys for listening to my, to this. I Devin suggested this, and I was excited, but like I knew it was gonna be it's, this. It's I knew that this is what it was always going to be: is me rambling helplessly about virtual reality. That's okay. Um, thank you for putting up with it. Or if you want, if you're curious about VR, if you want to see it in action, uh, most Wednesdays, if not every Wednesday, I'm streaming from five to six on um, Twisted Reality AR VR on Facebook, uh, on their YouTube, on Twitch. Also, Escape Virtuality, the VR arcade I work at, um, we also stream directly to their Facebook now as well. So um, check Very it cool. out. You can see me in a Vive headset using one of the one of the uh, omnidirectional treadmills on the market right now, the Catwalk Mini. Um, so yeah, that looks very cool, actually. It's neat. Um, uh, so yeah, thanks so much for listening especially if you put up with all the rambling that we just did um (laughs) thanks so much to uh mom for letting us use her computer Mm -hmm. Uh, oh actually i uh i have a retraction um really quickly last episode we talked about dessert salads yeah and snicker salad in particular Mm -hmm. i've been informed by our mother that snicker salad Generally has apples in it. Huh. I said it did not have fruit. I was wrong. Right. I apologize. Good to know. That was correction a wrong, corner. bad thing that I said. I, th- I think we finally made it. We have a corrections corner. I think we've made it. <laughs> so, 
thanks to our... Uh, we know at least one person listened to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and that was our mother. All right. Because she corrected a thing I said. Yeah. So I thanks gotta, for gotta... listening, Mom. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Ame, for letting me use your microphone. Thank you, Dad, for our computer um, noises. <laughs> and, thanks um, for helping program the algorithm. Yeah, and... Uh... I have to go do laundry, so I'm going to run off. But yeah, you I go do you laundry. Much, brother. Um, people should find us on the internet where the internet things are. We have a Twitter and a Facebook um, at Root of Pod. We have a pod chaser where you can review us uh, aside from, from the Apple podcast. Um, the URL for that, we have a special URL for that. It is podchaser.com slash Root of Podcasts. Nice. So, yeah, check us out there. And uh, that that should be everything. Yeah. Love you, brother. Love you, brother.